Welcome back to Kindly Gifted. I'm your host, Kate Tarantiba, and I can't wait to unwrap the world of creativity with you. Each week, I'm hashtag gifting you two episodes with ways you can become fluent in the business of creativity and learn the best-kept industry secrets to creating content worth remembering. Sound good? All right, let's dive into it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Ayo, it's time for the goods. Each week, we're going to highlight some of the haps, the 411, the hot topics in the creative industry, in advertising, marketing, and influencer world alike. The purpose of this is to bring you into the conversations that go on within the culture of the creative industry, an industry that you're a part of, by the way. So I hope to inspire you, empower you, and invite you to have a seat at the table. Fendi X Skims is coming. Like, are we excited? Are we bored? Because as an art director, I'm not a fan. It's just not given what it's supposed to give. It feels very much a, cra- a cash grab to me. And that's surprising because I find Kim Jones of Fendi to be such a talented designer and creative director. Like, the things he did with Dior was phenomenal. And Kim Kardashian has a very strong grasp on the culture of influence. So I just kind of expected this to be a more innovative collaboration and collection than it is um i was also surprised that fendi was chosen before balenciaga considering that kim has been wearing balenciaga to freaking everything so i'm a little surprised check out the designs they look very much like a regurgitation of things that skims already has on their website it just has like the fendi logo plastered onto it so i don't know it just feels very much hype um but curious to hear what you think Second good of the day. Hello, content creators. Silicon Valley's investors want to meet you. The New York Times published an article with this exact headline discussing how the creator economy is drawing the attention of venture capital firms, stating that, quote, the real money could be in digital tools, not personalities. I think there's been a rise of influencers and creators forming tech startups and tools to help other creators. So I think this is really dope. I think that investing into um, the creator economy from like a venture capital perspective is massive and just confirms like how much this industry really matters. And I think TikTok had a lot to do with contributing to this because TikTok has kind of shown us a new side to creators. You know, it's just literally regular people making things, right? So you have like the developers, you know, people working in cybersecurity, people that are just graphic designers doing things they love for fun on social media and not, you know, adhering to these like influencer stereotypes or rules or um, precedents. So I think this, I think this is really dope. Um, Let me know what you think. Let me know if there are any uh, creator-led startups that um, are kind of on your radar and I'd love to check them out. The final good for the day, Instagram launched collabs very recently. And I think this is a great way for creators and brands to gain more brand awareness, obviously to reach more audiences, but also to like make their collaboration public. Something about 
collabs and this feature feels very human to me. It feels like two friends collaborating on a project. I don't know. It's giving very much Slack energy to me. And I love that. I think that's a really cool thing for Instagram. So you can share views, likes, and comments, which lets you engage with each other's communities. Super cool. Um, there's more information on this um, on an article by later.com. So definitely go check that out if you're interested in learning more. That's it for this week's goods. As always, DM me at KateMob on Instagram or TikTok with any thoughts you have on the goods or submit noteworthy hot topics directly to this podcast by going to anchor.fm slash kindly gifted slash message. Welcome to the debut episode of our holiday mini series appropriately called Unwrapping Holiday Partnerships. Listen, we can't have a podcast named Kindly Gifted and not do a holiday series. Like it's in the name. <laughs> you know what I mean? I even I got so excited. I even got a new mic. So hopefully the sound is a little crispier. Crispier, crispier. I don't know. I'm still practicing my ASMR skills. But also, we have a new cover specifically for the series. What do you think? Do you like? Do you vibe? Um, for those of you who follow me on social media at Kate Mob on Instagram or TikTok, you know I'm very much blonde. Like I did not change my hair color. I did not get bangs. I am not in crises. This is a photo that was taken maybe like a few years ago, um, but it's just one that I really, really love and I thought it would be a fun take on the holiday vibes. So anyways, today's episode is about how and when to secure holiday partnerships, specifically what is the timeline that brands have for holiday-related stuff, when do you pitch for these opportunities, and how to pitch. Um, I kind of drop a few nuggets of advice on pitching in here. Um, now, while this is a holiday series, some of the information here is evergreen, <laughs> I know. I know. I'm cringing at these jokes too. <laughs> they couldn't resist. Um, so you can apply some of this information to other opportunities, like whether or not they're related to holiday seasons. Um, it doesn't have to be holiday specific, basically. Okay. So we can't really start the pitching conversation until we have an understanding of the timeline. When the fuck do brands start diving into holiday stuff? The short answer here is from day one of the year. Like I'm not even I'm not even kidding. Holiday season is an all year round thing for brands, but for creators, like end of September, beginning of October through like max the third week of January is when you are actually involved in this process when you create content for brands um, for their holiday campaigns. If you were surprised that I said third week of January, I, listen. January is very much New Year's resolutions month, and I wholeheartedly kind of put that into the holiday category. I just like it feels like it piggybacks off of the holiday season, off of the new year, which is part of the holiday season. So that's kind of why I, I also put like third through the third week of January as also part of the holiday season. Um, 
Although holidays are a great time for brands to advertise new products and services, sell their remaining inventory, or like meet whatever sales goals that they have for the for the rest of the year, um, or push a product or service into discontinuation, so maybe they kind of want to sell out of something that won't ever return again. Advertising is expensive, and a lot of brands devote a large portion of their advertising budget to the holiday season because it's the one time of the year that people are guaranteed to spend and spend a lot, right? You're buying gifts for your immediate friends and family, but you're also buying gifts for like maybe acquaintances, people you've been dating for a little bit, right? Like um, maybe like family or friends, boyfriends and girlfriends. So like you're spending a ton of money in a very short period of time. Um, So by investing into advertising efforts, like brands want to ensure that every dollar that they are investing, um, whether it's into influencer marketing, commercials, email marketing, pay-per-click ads on social media, um, in-person events or like pop-ups, billboards, what have you, that all of this converts into sales. And if it's a smaller brand, obviously the efforts are going to be a little bit smaller. The advertising budget is going to be smaller. But for a smaller brand it or an indie brand, like brand awareness might also be a really important part um, in reaching a new, a new wave of people putting their name on the map, right? But essentially the planning for all of this, all of the holiday stuff, starts Q1 of the year. If not... Q4 of the previous year. Um, Brands take their time to allocate how much of the budget they'll be spending on various advertising and marketing activations. Like that is a key part of ensuring that people see your brand, see your product, right? Um, So this kind of stuff is determined pretty early on in, in the year. So for example, like, you know, those cute gift sets that beauty brands come out with every holiday season, you know, like the little mini Pat McGrath eyeshadow palettes, or, um, I just saw one from summer Fridays with like three little lip balms. You know what I mean? Those little gift sets. Maybe you've been even asked to create content featuring some of these gift sets. Um, just cause they're like kind of easy things to advertise that they're already very much stocking stuff or very much like give this to somebody you don't know very well. (laughs) Anyways, brands spend a large amount of time coming up with the idea for this kind of stuff. What products they're going to include in these little sets? Is it going to be a bestseller mini set like the Olaplex one? Or are they going to use this set to test drive a new product that they're going to launch in the future? Um, For example, I mentioned earlier, Summer Fridays did a little tin of three lip balms. Two of them are existing flavors and one of them is new. My theory is they're going to try to test out that flavor to see if they, if their audience, if their, you know, consumer base likes it so that they can make that part of their permanent collection. So it's a great time for brands to experiment, but it, it's kind of a, it's, it's a risk, right? So then they decide on creating the products, right? How they're going to do that, the packaging, um, the formulas, Maybe they're going through multiple rounds of production to ensure that everything is going smoothly, um, making sure the system of the production is going smoothly, all of that, right? The back end, the launch. Um, Do they need to hire additional help to do any of this? Um, Do they want to be in like a big box retailer like Sephora or Nordstrom? Or maybe they just want to launch this online and have this like an exclusive thing on their website. 
and so many more moving parts like this is this is why it's <laughs> it takes all year <laughs> for just holiday stuff only because there's just so many moving parts and a lot of waiting time in between while somebody designs your packaging and somebody creates your formula and all of that right so in addition to this taking a lot of time it also takes a lot of money and then after all of this is done they decide like how much money do they have to spend on different types of advertising efforts to push this right to the to their consumer base and how are they going to do this are they going to do it through influencer marketing commercials like different you know email marketing social media like how are they going to do this right and that's where you come in so influencers are recruited for holiday campaigns starting in like september at the earliest um there is an exception i would like to mention here that if you and this is typically for very very large influencers like celebrity near celebrity status influencers um you, those kinds of influencers are typically recruited for holiday campaigns for some brands that they have a long-standing relationship with pretty early on in the year it's kind of determined that they're already going to work with them um so that's like the britney xaviers of the world the tezas the Quian mikes the you know all these kinds of influencers that are are pretty big creators um, but otherwise, you're going to be recruited starting in September of October. But this also depends on the brands and their individual goals, their size. Like, are they an indie brand? Are they um, a small brand that just started, doesn't really have a lot of advertising budget? Or are they like a really big brand, right? And this also depends on another factor, which is if they are working with an agency who you're in contact with. So you're not in contact directly with the brand, you're in contact with an influencer agency and they're kind of facilitating the campaign. So this information is kind of generalized. Of course, it depends on the individual brand, the individual agency and 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 their specific goals and processes, which are not really something that as an influencer you would be privy to. It's not really even something I would be privy to unless I worked inside that brand or agency. So basically you spend some of Q3 and Q4 reviewing the brands that are contacting you for holiday campaigns, their pitches to you, right? Negotiating a reasonable compensation with them, which if you're going to tune in to Thursday's episode, so the next episode in this series, we're going to be talking about rates. Um, so we'll be talking a little bit more about negotiation and rates during the holiday campaign season um, then. But that being said, the earlier that you pitch yourself, the better. Brands plan holiday campaigns way in advance. Like we just talked about that, right? So my advance, my advice would be to put yourself on their radar in Q2. Pitching is all about relationship building. That's that's the premise of it anyway. So reaching out last minute to ask a brand to give you an opportunity may not be the best route. Um now, if you reach out in Q2 with some feelers, you know, saying that you acknowledge that they're probably already hardcore working on holiday activations, that you'd love to be a part of making their holiday season successful this year, you know, all of that. Like, also, please feel free to use that line, by the way, if you want to. But if I got an email from an influencer with something like that in Q2 or beginning of Q3, I would immediately, immediately put your name in a spreadsheet, jot your name down, um, actually think of you because I see that you're thinking ahead. And 
I love that. Like every professional interaction that you have with someone gives you a look at what it would be like to work with them. So if you're taking initiative early on and kind of putting yourself out there, um, that's, that's a really, 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 really positive sign, um, in your favor because it shows that you're taking things seriously. It also shows that you're acknowledging that like they're working on holiday stuff. So it kind of positions you as somebody who's in the know, you kind of know how the system works. Um, it just gives you more respect as a professional. You're not just seen as like somebody who makes content online. You're seen as like a freelance service provider at this point, right? Which is the goal. Um, so maybe if I got this email from you, like you expressing this sentiment, taking initiative, showing that you are thinking ahead, I would even give you an opportunity to partner up with my brand now, whatever that may be, right? Some sort of opportunity so that we can start building a relationship and then do it again when the holiday season arrives. Like I'm already, I'm, that leaves a really, really big impression on a brand when you show that you are taking initiative. Um, I know I keep saying that, but it's, it's super important. So another really great pitching tip is to offer exclusive projects or special pricing packages to brands that you work with in the past that you've had great experiences working with, right? So like as humans, we tend to trust the great experiences that we've had with other people, right? If you hung out with somebody and you had a good time, you'd want to hang out with them again, right? So it's the same thing as working with somebody. If you had a great experience working with them, you want to work with them again. So if you and a brand had a really positive professional experience, you can offer them something like first dibs to working with you because during the holiday season, you're bombarded with a lot of opportunities and you have to be extra selective. So giving a brand dibs is really awesome. Like that continues to build a very strong relationship with them. Um, maybe you give them special pricing too. Like for example, I've said something like this. Um, since we've had so much success working together previously and I loved interacting with your team, especially I would insert the names of the people I was in contact with last time. Um, I'd like to exclusively offer you and then insert whatever it is that I would want to offer them, whether it's like um, first dibs to working with me or maybe a specific idea that I have for our partnership together or um, special rates, whatever, right? Which, by the way, you can steal that line if you want to. Go ahead, girl. Um, this is all about building relationships. Pitching is all about building relationships. Being a freelance service provider, which is exactly what you are, like, you are creating content. You are providing a service that a brand needs from you. So same thing when I do for a living. I'm a service provider and a freelancer. Like that's that's what I do too, right? So think of yourself as more than just an influencer or a content creator. You are a service provider. And I think that that mindset will allow you to really view yourself more on a professional level and will make you value these professional relationships and interactions a lot more. Um, so this is all about connections. This is all about building relationships and the people that continue to be selected for work. This applies beyond content creation. It's just in general, they're selected because they're trusted. 
right? They can consistently provide a great experience, a great client experience. They have a positive attitude. They're willing to compromise on certain things. Um, and they do good work in a timely manner. And I know that's really simple. Like it sounds really simple, but it's, it's apparently very hard <laughs> because there are people with larger followings, higher engagement rates maybe than you, and they're having a harder time getting partnerships. And then you look into why and it turns out, oh, they feel like they're owed something or they can't compromise with a brand on something or they don't want to collaborate or they just don't have a good attitude or whatever, right? So um, just always remember this is a professional relationship and doing what you can to go above and beyond for a client in terms of providing a good experience for them will allow you to like be able to secure more partnerships with them, be able to make more money with them, all of that. So now on to some of the good shit, okay? And you you might already know what I'm going to say. You might already know what I'm going to say. Do your fucking research, please, okay? You know those like emails <laughs> where it goes like, hi, I'm Kate. Want to work together this season? Like those types of emails. Okay. Just as much as that shows you that the brand has done literally zero research on who you are and who you're creating for and what it is that you do on the internet, receiving emails like these from you will only make brands want to trash them. So like have a, a very substantive but to the point email as to like what it is that you want to achieve together as opposed to just like hey you want to work together <laughs> so if you want to stand out go all fbi like i'm serious stalk them like you would stalk your ex i hope you're not doing that but you know so go to a brand or company's website, see what products or service they're focusing on this year. Like what is it that they have been pushing? Then they launched something recently. Like are those things something that you would buy? Do you have you bought them? Um, would your community be interested in learning more about them? Or if you shared that these products or services already organically and it got a really great response, then that's proof for you that maybe you should partner with them on a paid level, right? Creep on their social media. See what, like, what kind of content they've been featuring. Again, this will also help you, like, push, um, gain information about what kinds of products or services they've been pushing or teasing, um, what kind of visual style maybe they've, like, transitioned to, if they rebranded, or just kind of, like, the kind type of content that they've been posting recently. Get to know them, basically, is the point. Like, they, like you would get to know your bestie, Okay. And this information that you've gathered from your research, incorporate it into your pitch emails. We're not just doing this for funsies. We're like using this to our advantage, okay? Um, incorporate the information that you found in your pitch emails. Make it personal, but be like, oh, yeah, I noticed that you're, you know, pushing this service or you launched this product recently. I bought it. I think it's great. I even shared it. And then you like link add a screenshot of a story slide where you posted about it. My audience really loved it. Look how many taps there were to the sticker. Like add as much detail as you can um, to show that like this would clearly be a really great partnership for the brand and for you as well. And to add a little cherry on top, I'm telling you, I would work with you in a heartbeat if I were a brand that received this from you. Okay. If you send a media kit, 
include a page that paints the picture of the person you're creating for, like your ideal community member, your ideal follower, okay? I know I talk about that a lot, but when you make it clear to the brand that you know who you're creating for and you've done your research on the brand, this shows that you know that your ideal follower and their ideal customer overlap, okay? Meaning that you're able to form a relationship between the brand and your community. In other words, something I've also mentioned quite a bit, you can successfully fulfill your role as the professional mutual friend, which if you're hearing this for the first time, that's what I like to call influencers um, because you get to know a brand really well. Maybe this is a brand that you already love. You're already using this in your life. You're incorporating this into your routine, what have you. And then you want to like introduce them to your follower. Okay. Just like if at a party you're introducing two friends to each other, you have to know both of them in order to ensure that there's going to be a friendship that sparks between them, right? If you introduce two people you don't know, it's like, what are you expecting from that connection, right? So that way, when you introduce a brand, having research, having gone all FBI on them, right? Having researched the hell out of them, And then presenting them with a profile, an avatar of your ideal follower or the person that you keep in mind when you're creating content, it kind of shows them like, oh, wow, this person thinks very deeply. And also it takes a lot of like work off their hands in the sense that they are like, oh, yeah, this matches, you know, the goals and views and demographic, whatever, of our ideal consumer. So I feel like this would be a successful partnership. Or they would be like, "Mm, that's not really somebody that we're targeting. Like we're not trying to, this is not the type of person that we would want to buy our products or are hoping to buy our products. So I don't think this is going to be a successful partnership. Amazing. I would hire you in a heartbeat if you would send me a target audience profile in your media kit. So that was all about pitching. I know it was a little bit of a lengthy episode, had a little bit of nuggets, a little extra nuggets in here on pitching, but hopefully this helps you if you were having some difficulties securing holiday partnerships in the past, hopefully that this will help um, for future partnerships. Or if you're listening to this at some point near the holidays, um, which is when I'm releasing this, maybe some of this will help you secure some last minute opportunities. Um, So the next episode in this series, episode two of this mini series, Unwrapping the Holidays, um, will be all about rates. We will have a guest. So we're going to be talking about rates and raising the rates um, that you currently have for the holiday season and by how much you should be raising them. So tune in for that episode and I will see you there. Thanks for tuning in to Kindly Gifted. To support the podcast, please leave a review, share with your friends, and don't forget to subscribe. Make sure to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at KateMob for more creative secrets. And don't forget to say hey. See you on the next episode of Kindly Gifted.